0: Hi there, and welcome to Inspire Connect Grow, a podcast for creatives and social media marketers seeking intention, freedom, and guidance in the world of social media marketing. I'm Jessica Howell, your host and founder of Social Studio Shop. Collectively, we can inspire community, curate authentic connections, and grow online through purpose driven strategy. Let's Inspire Connect Grow together. Hey there socialites, Emily and I are back this week to follow up on our last episode talking all about posting online as you or your brand. Now before we dive in today to share with you some examples and actionable tips for you to get started with in developing your own unique social voice, I want to pause here and give you a friendly reminder to go ahead and catch up on the first episode in this two-part series just in case you might have missed it. The last time we talked, Emily and I focused mostly on the pros and the cons involved with posting online from the me or the we perspective. We dug deep into the mindset behind developing your brand voice, the impact that it has on your marketing message, and so much more. This episode, we'll be pulling in several key points and references that springboard off that last episode, so make sure to tune into that one before diving in further to this one. That way, we'll all be on the same page. Sound good? Okay, if you're all caught up, let's get started, Socialite. Today, we'll be diving into a handful of brands and boss babes who are really rocking their own social voice. We'll dissect their tactics and share with you some strategy tips for how you can take these examples, put your own special spin on them, and ultimately create a voice for you that feels authentic and is just right. We'll also discuss a variety of tips for keeping your voice consistent across platforms. We'll talk about questions that you can ask yourself in your personal development, what you can do to arm yourself for future growth and what you can do today to transition into your new social voice with grace and confidence. Keep listening for all this and more. All right, Socialites, we're back today with Emily. Thank you so much for coming back on. How, how have you been since we last talked?
1: Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here again, and it's been a busy few weeks, just with family in town and stuff. So it's been, it's been busy but good. It's been a good busy. So
0: good, good. Well, just to kind of recap the things that we talked about last time before we dive into some new yeah. topics. Um, the last time we talked, we were focusing mostly on kind of the mindset of this um, brand perspective versus the you perspective. So some of the topics that we were discussing were the importance of developing your voice. And then we moved on to talking about um, really the pros and cons for each, whether you are presenting yourself from the single person, the entrepreneur, the solopreneur really, versus the brand perspective where you're representing yourself to the world Mm -hmm. as a team. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I think we're going to go ahead and dive straight into some examples that you and I have come to the table with for people who are really rocking either or. So Emily, I'll go ahead and let you take the floor. Um, Why don't you go ahead and start with some you perspective people and some people that you really look up to who are really representing themselves in an authentic and honest way with their communities?
1: Yeah, I think for sure there's some people that I've been following personally for a few years and as I wrote some of these examples down for both categories, I Really thought it was interesting kind of what they all had in common, which I feel like we'll get to in a little while after we talk about them. But it kind of made me excited because it was like a common denominator, no matter which you are, what you can really rock, if that makes sense. Um, And so I think the first one I really look up to a lot is Jenna Kutcher. I don't know if any of you have heard of her um, or I'm sure you have, Jess. Jess um yes definitely yes. she's one of my favorites also yes uh, so i think she does a great job speaking from the personal point of view for what she does uh as a photographer but also she's kind of grown her brand a little bit more than that um for her followers but she really has created a community of quality followers that have grown in quantity pretty, pretty overnight. I feel like, uh, all of a sudden she's kind of at the forefront of a lot of ads or sponsors as I'm scrolling through Instagram as well. Um, and I think one of her values is to be authentic and really share from the heart behind, um, you know, what, what she does. Uh, but she has a way of, uh, relating it back to her personally, which I think people really connect with. And, um, and so, I love that she shares her authentic self, and that's something that I, I look up to a lot with her. Just even in the captions in her content, I mean, aesthetically, she has a really beautiful feed on Instagram. But um, she's sharing she's sharing about her life and what she does, and how that all intertwines. It's not just my job and then my brand, and then you know my personal life. It's just all intertwined, and I think people really connect with that.
0: I would agree with that. So let's talk about some solid takeaways here for our socialites, Emily. So one of the things that I notice when I'm glancing over Jenna's content is that you're so right. She does such a wonderful job of really marrying her business and her personal life, which is such a fun reflection of actually who I I think that she is as a person. She -hmm. doesn't necessarily set this kind of definitive line between the two. And so... Throughout the course of her sharing her story, she's weaving in kind of those personal aspects. So, right. whether that is from her, you know, getting up in the morning and sharing about what her daily routine looks like, um, sometimes she'll give you kind of a behind the scenes look as to how her husband and her are interacting together, what mm-hmm. she's doing with her and um, the that she fosters and she really just doesn't necessarily draw that hard line in the sand as to this is my work life this is my personal life so right. she really kind of uh, has almost no veil so there's really no line of security there for her and it's just a personal choice that she takes and I think one thing that I'm, I'm constantly noticing in her content is that she's normally starting it off from the perspective as Jenna here or this is what I'm up to or this is who I'm talking with and this is what I enjoy working with them about so I think that that can be a great thing for our socialites to think about as they're considering okay, how can I open up from the you perspective more and how can Mm -hmm. I kind of um, get rid of um, of this wall that I tend to put between myself and my community? She does really a beautiful job of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I
0: completely agree. Great. Is there anyone else that you were thinking of that does a really great job at this? And and maybe it's not even within the same niche as Jenna, um, but someone that just really clearly reflects their own personal core values very clearly into their business self.
1: Right, uh, I definitely think that Kelly Mandel comes to mind. Um, I know she markets herself as Studio DIY, which many of you probably follow or at least have heard of, um, because she she really is iconic with her style and her branding, and it's just being bright, colorful, fun, and um, you know, crafting things and travel guides and. Uh, but what I really love amidst all of that is that even though it is, you know, her handle isn't necessarily her name, she's very much the face behind her brand. And uh, a lot of times in her stories, she shares a lot of personal things from her life. And she kind of talks On her stories as if you know she is having a conversation with a friend versus kind of like okay this is my following and I just want to share and kind of put out it's much more of dialogue led um, which I think breeds community and so she really does have a community that's very loving very supportive um, loves what she's doing and and relates to all of her little personal pieces that she kind of throws out there. So she definitely comes to mind as someone who uh, is doing a really, really great job at the U perspective. Even though she's kind of marketing herself as a brand, um, she's very much the face of it.
0: Absolutely. So what I and I'm familiar with Kelly's work as well. Um, and what mm-hmm. I what I think she does so well, and you said it perfectly, Emily, is that she doesn't hide behind her brand. She really. Puts her face forward. So, some takeaways here as you're scrolling through Studio DIY's Instagram account, you can literally see Kelly's face in almost Mm -hmm. every other row. And this is just such a great way to just have that repetition, that easily recognizable point of contact with even though this is studio diy studio diy is kelly she is her brand Mm -hmm. so i would agree with you on that and then i also love what you mentioned about having this shared dialogue with your community Mm -hmm. so some takeaways here socialites could be simply that you are encouraging more engagement with your community so what does this look like well you could be asking more questions in your Instagram captions, you could be responding in a timely manner when someone tweets with you on Twitter or whether they send you a personal message on Facebook, whatever this looks like, just making sure that you are having that two-way conversation and... Mm -hmm. um, you're not just broadcasting your message to your community. I think this is such a great way to put that personal perspective first and let your community know that even if you have a brand, you are speaking from the you perspective. You're speaking to them one-on-one. Okay, this is great, Emily. So I think we just talked about two very good examples of some ladies out there who are really representing that you perspective phenomenally. Now let's go ahead and transition on to the brand perspective. And I have a couple brands in mind that I'd love to just start with. Emily, if you don't mind. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Okay. So as we had mentioned in the last episode where we talked about this you versus brand perspective, Emily and I discussed that it can oftentimes be much harder to develop this brand perspective, especially one that is consistent, right? Because you're you're dealing with multiple people, multiple cooks in the kitchen. So one of the companies that I think does a phenomenal job of this, of really creating consistency in their voice, even though I know for a fact that they have multiple people handling their accounts, is Southwest Airlines. And one of the things that I really enjoy about their consistency is that in the majority of their posts, I see this theme of um, sharing puns or humor within Mm -hmm. the voice that they're sharing with their community. So one thing that they like to do is relate to their actual customers and where they're at in the world and share kind of um, a little bit of some dark humor that one could have whenever they're flying, right? So whether that's dealing with weather issues or trying to pack all the things, um, they really have kind of this, and it's funny because it's almost like this personal perspective built within to a brand perspective mm-hmm. so i really enjoy that they really sprinkle in these points of relatability for their for their customers and their community And then another thing that I think they do a really great job of is showcasing their customer stories and their employee stories. So this is just, again, another great opportunity to kind of sprinkle in those personal points of view from the brand perspective as a whole. Emily, have you been following Southwest Airlines? Have you noticed any of these things from them?
1: I actually have, and I'm glad you chose them as someone to kind of call out because I think that Southwest is all about creating an experience for their flyers, and um, this is from an internal perspective. I guess you know within behind the brand of Southwest. I I think that's awesome that you pointed out that there's probably more than one person working on social media, maybe email marketing, and it's really all a consistent voice. And I've definitely real you know recognized that about their brand over the at least the last year that I've followed them. Um, and I love flying Southwest anyways. So it just, it creates kind of like a, a community in and of itself um, for the people that fly with them.
0: I would agree with that, Emily. And something that you just started to touch on there was that I really think Southwest does an amazing job bringing their offline experience online. So, yes, if yeah. you've ever if you've ever hopped onto a Southwest flight, they'll do some fun things like where the flight attendant will. Um, make jokes throughout their little spiel um (laughs) Mm -hmm. or they'll do um, a little sing-along while you're on the plane or um i've even seen that they do some customer appreciation things on like Mm -hmm. like valentine's day where they'll give um their customers who are hopping on the plane they'll give them a sucker or something like that yeah so just kind of taking this lightheartedness this this approach to creating kind of an an all-consuming experience with their online presence as well, and I think they do such a wonderful job just weaving that into their social voice, and it's just such a great example. Okay, Emily, so another one that I had in mind to talk about today was Bando, or Shop Bando. Yes,
1: it's so fun.
0: Whatever you want to call them, but I just think they do such a phenomenal job of, again, keeping that consistency in mm-hmm. their voice, whether that be through their words or through their visual voice. Some things that I really noticed that they that they maintain throughout their online presence is a consistency within their Bando Pink. And of course, yes. having a social studio shop pink, this really hits close to home for mm-hmm. us. Um, but I also love that they include emojis almost everywhere, whether that's in mm-hmm. the, the actual product line that they have or within their actual Instagram captions, or they they often add them into their Instagram stories and their Snapchat stories. So I love to see just those emojis, those frequently used emojis, carry across their entire brand. And then they also use a lot of patterns within, yeah. the, um, within the content that they're sharing. So really, again, here we're kind of talking about those visual voice representations. In terms of their verbal representations, a lot of the things that I notice are that they tend to use all lowercase in all of their social media copies. So whether that be on their Instagram posts or their Snapchat captions, They also, like Southwest, tend to use a lot of humor and just Mm -hmm. kind of points of relatability, (laughs) kind Mm -hmm. of those we've all been there type of moments that they like to speak to. Um, And then they also use a lot of um, kind of familiar lingo that may not be recognizable for everyone, but it's something that's recognizable for their ideal client, which tends to be the younger millennials and the upper millennial generation. That tends Mm -hmm. to be who is actually shopping from them. Mm -hmm. So they'll use lingo such as FOMO or... um, Idk. I don't know. Right. So, just certain things that their community members will definitely under understand, and something that will attract like-minded community members, while also maybe repelling people that may just mm-hmm. not be their ideal audience. Which I think is super smart.
1: Absolutely. And if I can add to that, um, I know we last time we talked about the importance of just developing your. Voice and kind of uh, aligning either way, either perspective with your branding, and I think Bandeau is an excellent example of um, a brand who has a very distinctive voice, uh, but it's very expressive in which is in line with the products they sell. Since it's so bright, it's so colorful, it's so fun. Some of their products even have those fun sayings on them. I think that's a great takeaway for socialites: uh, is that what they're doing is very in line with what they sound like. It's the personality that is in line with what they're selling as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. I would agree with all of that that you just said. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now Emily, did you have any other brands in mind that you think offer this great kind of team perspective?
1: Yes, I actually had one that's probably more so on a smaller scale compared to these bigger brands, but there are friends at the Boss Babes Brunch Club, which is right here local in the San Diego area, and I've been following them for a little while now as they have um, are kind of a newer community here, but they are obviously a brand and an organization that really seeks to kind of pull in all the creatives from the San Diego area and, um, offer just networking opportunities, but I love how they use their Instagram stories. And I know I keep pointing out Instagram, but, um, I really do think that they utilize the stories very well with how the founders share on topics that are relevant to maybe, um, what their brand is about, or maybe some upcoming events that they have, and I really think this is a way for um, followers to connect with the brand. It's kind of allowing them to uh, have a piece of the business that's a little bit more relatable and personal because you see the passion behind the people who started it. And so that's something that I really think is important as you um, are a brand and maybe you are the face of your, uh, your business, um, but you're, ne- you're marketing yourself as from the brand perspective Uh, to just add that little piece of personable side that I know we've talked about with the branding. Absolutely.
0: And I think that one thing they do so clearly well is constantly bringing up their core values as a company, as a brand. So if you, socialites listening, have something that is near and dear to your heart as a company, or even to your, to yourself as a person, definitely bring in those talking points for your community because they're going to offer a point in which your community can feel a deeper attachment with you and your brand. So I think this is a great takeaway for anyone listening today, that it is deeply important that you weave in those kind of core pillars that your brand is established off of. Absolutely. So Emily, I want to bring something up that you mentioned earlier because I think, I think you were really onto something here. So you had mentioned that all the people you had in mind, all the brands you were thinking of, they all had one common denominator amongst them. And what was that?
1: You know, as I was looking and thinking of people who, you know, fit these categories, I certain people just came to mind and, um, surfaced as I, you know, briefly just was like, I wonder who, you know, does this really well. And the main common thing that I kind of identified as I wrote them out was they all have created such communities and, um, whether it's around, you know, the you perspective or as a brand, they really have created this following of people that isn't just following or liking their photos or anything like that. They've created a community that wants to take part in what they put out and wants to dialogue with them and wants to know what they're saying and, and craves for that personal side of, um, what they're, what they're showing. Um, you know, with Kelly, I know we mentioned her, she, everyone knows she loves her dog. And, um, I think the dog even has an Instagram. And so, uh, It's just notable with all of them that they have created these communities that people want to be a part of and are inspired from and motivated in their own endeavors.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I think very clearly everything that you just said in terms of the importance of really opening yourself up or your brand self up in a way that allows for your platforms to literally become a platform.
1: A safe
0: space, a safe home and environment for your people to not only connect with you, but to connect with each other. And that is what a community is. And that is how you develop a community. Whether that is for the you perspective or the brand perspective, it is so very important. And really that is where the power of social media comes into play. It's when your audience, your community can feel as if they can be a part of a movement with you, not just listening to you, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think it's also important for socialites to kind of pick up on this um, point is that everyone does it very differently. And so for some people, they might share a lot of their personal life and day-to-day living, whereas some other people um, might be a little more guarded on what they put on social media because they want to keep some things private. And so it's kind of like finding a balance for yourself as well, how you do that. But there is a way in which you can, because everyone does it very differently for what fits them and their brand.
0: Yes, yes. And let's talk about that some more, Emily. So what are some questions that we can be asking ourselves in our own personal or our brand development? Why don't you go ahead and start? What are some questions that you think our socialites can springboard off of?
1: Yeah, um, I definitely think it's important to ask some questions as you're just developing your brand or business, no matter what stage it's in. And so I really pinpointed three <laughs> that you should probably be asking yourself, and I'm sure Jess, you can add to this, but uh, one is what would make the most sense for your branding and your business, whether either perspective, whether you're thinking of switching to one or the other, or maybe you're comfortable for where you are and you just need to check in. Um, I think it, it, it does come down to what makes the most sense for your brand and business. I think another question that you should ask is what's in line with your business goals. And, um, and then what would represent you the best? And so those are three things that I think, um, are, are really good to ask yourself, whether you're in the development stage or whether you're just checking in on where your branding is at and how you're representing yourself, um, and what perspective you're talking from. What do you think?
0: Well, I think those are all some great questions to ask yourself in terms of kind of being in this self-reflective space. Another one that I think we could add to the list there is what matters to you in your personal life? So mm-hmm. if you yeah. if you happen to be someone who really enjoys rescuing dogs and that's something that you just love to get on your soapbox about um, and... You know, maybe like Jenna Kutcher would, this is something that you can weave into the content that you're sharing. So that's another one that you can add to in terms of thinking about what you're going to sound like from your perspective. Now, you also want to consider what your community needs and what they want. So some Absolutely. questions that I think you can be asking yourself here is, what does my audience sound like? Is there certain lingo that they tend to use? Do they use a lot of exclamation points? Do they use emojis? Do they use symbols? Is there is there something that you need to adopt within your own speech to mm-hmm. allow yourself to sound more relatable to them? So that's definitely something that's going to be important as you're kind of laying things out on the table here. Another thing to consider is what do they look like? So what does your audience appear like in person? This is kind of entering into the zone that we call really persona mapping or dreamy mapping. So really getting a clear and concise picture of what your community looks like so you can serve to them the things that they need what they want to hear so that you can be speaking to them, their hopes, dreams, and their fears. So this is a bit of a process. And to give you just a couple good takeaways here to start with, I would definitely spend some time reading client emails that you get. So see if you can pull some familiar phrases or key tones or themes throughout the verbiage that your community is actually using in real life. So that's more of in terms of figuring what your audience sounds like so that you can replicate that online. And then in terms of determining what your audience looks like in person, I always think it's the easiest way to start with someone in your life who you imagine would be a great representation of your community and that can just make it a little bit easier to form a tangible description of what that person might look like
1: i think that's awesome jess and i really think that as people uh kind of dig deeper here more questions kind of come to the surface that prompt further um growth, if you will, to learn what you are and who you are and what you sound like and what you should look like too as well.
0: Definitely. And you know what? We have an email course that I will be sure to link to in the show notes that can help you walk through this step-by-step approach to really mapping out what your community looks like so that you can empower your voice and really get to know them a little bit better. So for those of you tuning in, if you want, you can go ahead and head to our socialite show notes. Those are at socialstudioshop.com forward slash inspire connect grow podcast and we'll make sure to link to that email course as well as a lot of these examples that we've mentioned today so that you can not only hear us talking about them but you can look at them as well okay so now we've talked about several examples of brands that do this awesome job of creating a you or a brand perspective. And we've also talked about what questions you can be asking yourself in your own personal development. So now, Emily, let's go on and talk about some tips for our socialites in terms of keeping a consistent voice. So I'll let you go ahead and take this one straight away. What are some good takeaways that our socialites can act on right now?
1: I think going through the questions of what we just listed off is going to be really, really good kind of to moving to this next piece. I know we've covered so much between last episode and, and this episode and kind of giving the self-awareness aspect is great until you kind of get to the point where you're like, I don't know what to do with this. And so I'm glad we're going to just discuss briefly what, what you can do right now. Um, one of the things that I think would be a good starting point is kind of going back to the drawing board a little bit and, and, creating a style guide. Um, this probably includes maybe your colors, fonts, emojis that you want to use, um, kind of describing your, your ideal dreamy all in one place and then kind of taking that and comparing it to the content that you have. So whether that's captions, blog posts, tweets, um, email marketing, kind of comparing it to your values, but also your style guide. Um, and, and seeing if that's consistent, seeing if that's in line, seeing if there's places where you definitely need to tweak things. Um, are these things in line with your mission, your values and your goals? Because uh, if they're not, or if they aren't sounding the same, then we got to readjust a little bit. So you can rock either the you perspective or the brand perspective.
0: That's great, Emily. And I actually have very similar notes right in front of me, some things Mm -hmm. that I thought of for myself. So I love that you brought up the idea and the importance of having a style guide to give you just a little bit more background, socialites. A style guide is really kind of like your blueprint for your brand. And as Emily had mentioned, it's going to include some key characteristics for your core values for what your audience looks like. Um, It will also include some information about what your voice sounds like. So making sure that you have a comprehensive list of kind of the do's and don'ts for your brand voice. And this is really a great thing to have on hand, not only from a one woman show perspective, but also for someone that is working as a team. So as Mm -hmm. you are growing, as you are evolving, you are able to hand off this style guide to your team so that they can make sure that they are doing everything they can to represent your voice in the way that you imagined So this is just kind of great for that future growth. And then a couple other things that I had marked down, kind of as Emily had mentioned here, is to go ahead and go into past emails, review past social posts that you have shared, and really anywhere that you have attached your actual voice to your content. Mm -hmm. And what I want you to do is to consciously think through what are some key phrases that you use, what is a common theme or any kind of a common denominator that you have throughout your content. So just adding that really to your style guide could be a great way to springboard off of so that you have more of a tangible um, kind of representation of your brand.
1: And I also think just to note here quick is uh, if any socialites kind of feel like, okay, you know, I got my voice down or my brand or my perspective and, and haven't, assembled a style guide. I think it's definitely important whether you plan, like you mentioned, just to bring other people on your team and you want to relate or relay, uh, what you sound like and, and what you, your brand is all about. Um, two, I definitely think that's important, but also it's kind of like when it's written down, there seems to be more of kind of a foundation for them to, for you to go off of as well. Even if you feel like you're in a good place,
0: Yes, it's just kind of like having those boundaries that keep you in line or they guide you back to being online if you happen to get off course, right? So in the last episode, we had really talked about your brand voice being something that is a lighthouse to those who are looking to work with you in the world. And then it's also your internal compass to just keep you on moving Mm -hmm. on on the right track. Okay, so some other things that I took note of and some tips that socialites you can work off of today is to read your captions out loud. I cannot tell you how many times I just sit in my office and I read my own words back out loud to myself at least three times. And the reason I like to do this is because sometimes when we're reading our words in our own head, our head kind of fills in those missing pieces, whether that's a word that's misspelled or a word that's missing, our head yeah. will fill in those blanks for us. So when you read it out loud, it begins to have more of a shape to it, more, mm-hmm. more of a tone. And, and that's going to be something that allows you to not only stay consistent across the board, but also to stay as true to your actual voice as possible. And then if all else fails, read your captions, read your voice to a friend. Sometimes we just get so thick into the things that were just too close to it. So if I'm working on an email newsletter that needs to go out or if I'm working on a very important proposal, then I always read it to my husband first because he knows me better than I know myself, right? So he is going to catch Mm -hmm. it if it just does not sound right. So I think that those are some other great tips that you can act on today. Okay, so we have one more topic that we want to cover today and that is what to do if you are wanting to transition from the personal perspective to the brand perspective or vice versa. Okay, so Emily, who can you think of that has pulled off this transition flawlessly? What comes to mind for you?
1: So one girl that actually comes to mind is Melissa Griffin. I don't know if any of you are familiar with her, but she was formerly known as the Nectar Collective. And she went from her company brand name to her name and the whole reasoning behind that was uh, as she changed she was very transparent and open about the fact that um, when she first started her business she was a little fearful to put herself out there in a way where her business was her name and and so with her rebrand she also rebranded from the Nectar Collective to her name and made it just made more sense because she was such the face of her brand that it was, it almost became a hindrance um, to have that in front versus herself, if that makes sense. And so, uh, one of the things that she did to keep her followers, because everyone knew her as the Nectar Collective. Um, which I think this is important for socialites who might do the same thing, was she kept her uh, profiles. Uh, so if you go and search the Nectar Collective, it is indeed still an Instagram handle. But she took all the photos down and she put in the profile how to get how to reach her now, which is at um, Melissa Griffin. And so I think that's important just so you never know who's going to recall that they heard about you, heard your business, heard of your brand, and go find you. But if you have since changed, um, they might not be able to if you don't have that up anymore. And so that's a tip if you are going from a brand to a name or a name to a brand, essentially both. Um, that can be helpful to your followers. But I always liked how she did that as just being, um, again, transparent with her community about why she was transitioning from one to the next.
0: I love this example. And there's another one that just came to my mind mm-hmm. as you had mentioned how Melissa had changed her um, usernames and she had actually started from scratch with new platforms. Yeah. So if you do not want to get rid of all the content that you've created and the following that you've grown, there is something that you can do. And that's simply making a change to your usernames and your handles that you already have. But before you do that, you do want to make sure that you are giving your audience plenty of heads up notice before you (laughs) do this, because one day they're going to look at your platform and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, what happened to, Nectar Collective. Where did right. they go? Right. So um, one company that did this really well was Later, formerly known as Latergram,
1: and yeah.
0: they actually, I believe, the last time I checked, they still have the actual words, formerly known as Latergram on their website, on their blog, and on their Instagram account as well. So we will link to all these examples, again, socialites, in the show notes so you can take a peek at what these look like visually. So those are all some great points to note. One other thing that I want to mention in terms of Melissa, when she switched from the Nectar Collective to Melissa Griffin, is that she wrote an entire, very extensive blog post on this process. So I think that you're going to get some extra valuable nuggets from that blog post. So I'll make sure that we link to that as well in the show notes, because it really walks you through her, her mindset behind the switch and how she went about that. So we'll make sure to link to that as well.
1: Yeah. And I think also just quick, Jess, is that, uh, when people, whether they, whether a brand or, um, just an individual transfers from one to the other, uh, most people go under like an extensive rebrand, As in, that's just in my experience of just, you know, recognizing what people are doing. But uh, usually they get a whole new look anyways, but I think it's important. And I loved that you brought up the extensive blog post that she did because in that, it just captures... The reasons why, maybe the inspiration behind why she did it, um, why it needed to happen, and then translated maybe her new brand values as uh, Melissa Griffin versus the Nectar Collective if it had changed. I love the clear communication with her community, and um, is that's definitely a takeaway for socialites as well if they're planning to change.
0: Absolutely, just being as open and honest and kind of catching those questions before they even arise. Arise, yeah. Yep, I think that's a great takeaway okay Emily so we've talked about a lot today and I'm really excited for our socialites if they haven't yet to go ahead and catch that first episode to tune into that one mm-hmm. because we did a lot of talking back and forth between the topics we discussed from the first episode to this one so I really hope our socialites dive in and listen to both of those episodes so if our socialites want to get in touch with you if they have more questions about the brand versus the personal perspective how can we reach out? Out to you.
1: You guys can find me online at my Instagram. That's where I hang out the most, probably on social media. My handle is at EmmyJoy, and Jess will probably have it in the show notes, so you guys can head over there to find out. And if you have any longer questions, feel free to email me at Emily at SocialStudioshop.com, and I'd be happy to chat with you guys.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Emily. It has been a blast talking with you about this very extensive topic. I know that it can be a bit of a mind trick for our socialites. So I'm really glad that we were able to offer so many different perspectives over one topic. So thank you again for joining us.
1: Absolutely. It was fun chatting. All right,
0: Socialite, I hope you're feeling excited and ready to dive into your voice development. If you have any questions for myself or for Emily, please feel free to reach out to us directly. You can find our contact information on our Socialite show notes. And to get those, make sure to visit socialstudioshop.com forward slash inspire, connect, grow podcast to learn more and catch all those helpful links, resources, and examples that we mentioned. If you liked this episode, we would love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or Google Play. And don't forget to submit your socialite questions using the hashtag #InspireConnectGrowPodcast. podcast. See you next time, socialite. And remember, together we can inspire, connect, grow.